Nine years ago, in preparation for my third date with Peter, I schlepped out to Queens on two subways and a bus in order to borrow a black lace bra from my friend Cindy Rappaport. And now? Now I couldn't even be bothered to scrape the baby spit up off my t-shirt before crawling into bed. If my husband's hand had accidentally brushed against those parts of my body once seductively draped in expensive French lace, I would probably have chewed it off. I love Peter, I really do. It was only because I'm so crazy about him that I was at all concerned that our matrimonial bed had become as arid as the Oklahoma Dust Bowl. I understood the reasons for the drought, but I was far too drained and exhausted to miss the rain. At four months old, Sadie, our third child, weighed in at nineteen pounds. I realize that only other mothers of freakishly sized children have the infant growth charts burned into the insides of their eyelids, so let me provide a translation. Sadie was officially off the charts. So far off, in fact, that the nurses in our Los Angeles pediatrician's office recalibrated the scales every time we came for an appointment, positive there was some mistake. The baby had done nothing but nurse since she was born, and her need for constant access to my body meant that my husband was obliged to keep his hands to himself, his hands, and everything else. Don't even think of touching me, I said, as Peter leaned in for a kiss. Then I pasted an insincere smile to my face. I mean, gosh, honey, I'm just so tired tonight. So what else is news? Peter said sighing. Before our current romantic crisis, I had assumed that I was the source, from both the nature and nurture sides, of my children's thespian talents. Those tremulous sighs, that bitten lip, the eyelashes wet with barely suppressed tears. Hadn't I seen those reflected back in the mirror all my life? Hadn't my own parents shown a truly remarkable fortitude in the face of precisely the same wiles? And yet, here was Peter, giving my six-year-old daughter Ruby and her younger brother Isaac a run for their money in the drama queen department. Peter sighed again, so loudly that it was almost a groan. I looked at him. He was sunk in the deep crevasse in the middle of our massive bed, staring at himself in the mirrored ceiling and practicing his beleaguered husband expression. He'd become rather adept at it over the past few months. He looked downright wounded, so pathetic that I was almost willing to overcome my aversion to all things physical. Almost. The crack in the mirror is getting bigger, I said, to distract him. Are you serious? Where? Peter's expression changed to one of concern, even panic. Ramon Navarro built our house in 1926. The actor lived in it for only a few years before he went on to more fabulous accommodations and ended up murdered in a Hollywood Hills mansion in 1968. The only reason we could afford the house was because it was not only completely run down, but a bit, well, quirky.'